0: This week on the Travel Tidbits Podcast, I introduce our newest agent, Taylor Deck, and Taylor and I discuss the future of travel and how COVID has impacted the travel industry. Stay tuned! The Travel Tidbits Podcast, hosted by the agents of Pineapple Escapes. Join us as we discuss the latest in travel news, destinations, and tips for the savvy traveler. After all, travel makes life sweeter. Hello, and welcome to episode 18 of the Travel Tidbits podcast. I'm Jamie Weidel, travel agent and owner of Pineapple Escapes. This week, I'm really excited to have Taylor Deck joining us on the podcast. Taylor is our newest Pineapple Escapes agent and just joined the agency in January of 2021. Taylor is currently living in Colorado and participated in the Disney College program. So she brings a valuable expertise about Walt Disney World from an insider's view that we are excited to have on our team. So Taylor, tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to become a Pineapple Escapes agent. Hi, Jamie. Thank you. I live
1: in Littleton, Colorado right now but i've also lived in waco texas um for a couple years and then i lived out in orlando for a year and for some reason i keep coming back to colorado because the other places were just too humid <laughs> <laughs> but i live with my my dogs and i have a couple cats and i currently work as a leasing agent for an apartment community but before that i was working in hospitality and then Covid kind of hit, and I was scrambling for jobs. So apartments were still. People were still looking for places to live. But I'm really excited to get back into hospitality and be working back in in travel and
0: kind of yeah everything that goes along with that. So tell us a little bit about your Disney college or Disney college program experience and where you worked and how that was for you.
1: Yeah. So one of my very first college courses that I took, it was like intro to hospitality and they actually talked about the Disney college program. And it was something that I was super, super excited to be a part of and join. And when I was a junior in college, I applied and I really, really wanted to work in the events section of that because, because that's what I was going to school for. I, I got merchandise instead, but I, I'm super, super excited. I was super excited to still work for the company. And I actually lived in their like company-sponsored housing. So I got to live with other Disney College programmers, which was really fun to kind of live with my peers. I started off in Fantasyland. Um, I worked Ooh. merchandise right behind the castle. So I got to hear the castle show every day. I got to hear the fireworks every night. It it was, it was really magical. And then when they had the opening of Pandora, the world of Avatar over at Animal Kingdom, they shifted around a lot of their cast members in Animal Kingdom. So I actually got replaced midway through my program to Dino Land, which was actually a huge blessing in disguise. I'd actually never visited Animal Kingdom when I visited the parks as a kid because we were really into like roller coasters and seeing all the characters. So we didn't really think there was anything that great about Animal Kingdom. And I was so wrong. There is, <laughs> it's now my favorite park. Like if I, whenever I visit Disney, like I just buy a, a one ticket to, to Animal Kingdom if I'm only <laughs> there for a day. But it was so great. I actually, before the pandemic had tried to apply to do their, they, they have the college program and then they have the professional programs which which are more for like graduate level. Like once you graduate with your bachelor's, you can reapply to do kind of a more extensive program in like a managerial or a more professional degree. So I had applied and got all the way to the very last interview process for the fairy tale weddings oh. sales position. And then they they ended up it, it was super competitive and I ended up not getting it. But then that was also kind of a blessing in disguise because they canceled all the programs in March. So I would have had to come home anyway, but...
0: I'm a huge Disney's Fairytale Weddings fan. I love Allison and Twitch and... Oh, Allison's the best. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like the whole show, I think is just amazing. So I think that would have been an amazing position. So maybe in a few years, you can go that route again once post COVID, once everything is better. So jumping into our slice of life, I did want to chit-chat with you a little bit about how everything's going for you right now with COVID. And you mentioned that obviously it's resulted in job changes for you and, and different things. But do you have any upcoming travel plans? Have you been able to travel at all during the pandemic?
1: Yeah, I actually traveled quite a bit, which I was reluctant to tell my other friends, but... <laughs> <laughs> actually everything's been going pretty well here in, in Colorado our numbers are, are really down which has been great our governor has been really on top of mask mandates and distancing so everything's starting to to reopen back up which is great most of my family's actually gotten their their vaccines so I'm just patiently awaiting when when it'll be my turn to go in and get one so I feel a little bit safer with traveling but last year I went to I went to California. Which everything was shut down. So it was, it was a very quick turnaround trip. We were, we were really out there for business. And then I visited Texas. We stayed in an Airbnb, which was, it was interesting to, to stay in an Airbnb during quarantine. I mean, they still have like the contact lists getting into the Airbnb, but everything was like COVID sanitized. They, they left several like notes everywhere. And I visited South Carolina we stayed in a condo. So it was kind of the same thing. Everything was COVID clean. And then I visited Disney, which I actually really liked visiting Disney. I liked seeing how they, I visited both downtown Disney in California when I went in July. And then I visited Epcot when I went to Disney World in October. I was very, very excited and, and pleased with, with how Disney handled social distancing and, you know, temperature checks and mask mandates the cues to get in lines, it, it, it was very, um, I thought it was very well handled.
0: That's good to hear. And I, I think that that has been so like you mentioned, you know, you're kind of afraid to talk about it too much. And I think that that's one thing that we have been discovering with some of our clients is they're desperate to travel, but they don't want to share it. They don't want to talk about it. I mean, in that used, it used to be the opposite. Like everybody <laughs> wanted their travel stuff. Like, posted everywhere. And now there's kind of like this whole travel shaming, which I think is a whole different ballgame and and something that we're trying to figure out. Because I think there are definitely ways to travel safely. And, And I think all of our agents have shown that there are options and there are ways to still go places and do things that are socially distanced that are safe. So let's go ahead and jump into our at the core. So Taylor, when I originally reached out to you about the podcast and what you wanted to, you know, talk about for your first episode. The first thing that you said to me was that you really wanted to talk about the future of travel and what this was all going to look like post-COVID. And I think this is a great topic. So, can you talk to us a little bit about what you're thinking travel will look like after the pandemic or at least once we have been mostly vaccinated? What what do you think this is going to look like for us?
1: I've been reading a lot of articles as COVID was, you know, we were really in the thick of things. And then as we were kind of seeing that the light at the end of the tunnel, and for the most part, I mean, it sounds like travel, tourism, the whole hospitality branch is going to be changing and, and kind of pivoting to, I feel like a better future. I think there's it's going to allow for a lot more freedom for people to travel both leisurely and, and for business. And I think it's going to be a lot safer for people and on different comfort levels as we get out of the quarantines and, and as everybody's getting vaccinated, you know, there's still gonna be people who only have a certain degree at which they feel comfortable traveling. So I, I feel like hotels, you know, various airlines, they they have to kind of cater to all levels of comfort. And I'm really excited to see this this new form of travel where people can travel freely, but they also feel safe about the various protocols and sanitation techniques that are being put into place.
0: I I think that that's one of the biggest things that we can help with as agents right now is the different protocols are changing constantly. We have a Facebook group that we all share, but I just posted today, you know, the updates for the different Hawaii protocols. There have been things within the last week that have changed and been modified, but we're keeping up with all of those things to be able to help our clients make the best decisions for themselves about these different protocols and what's in place. Some of the new things that we are seeing that have changed just since you know COVID started are things like flexibility and cancellation terms, things like contactless check-in, mobile room keys, different work-from-home spaces that are built into hotel rooms or different options for those who work from home but want to travel and still be able to work. So there's all kinds of new things there that are as businesses shift and change that we're seeing. We're also seeing a big increase in different outdoor dining and -and grab-and-go breakfast type situations. So there's all of these things that are changing. So let's talk about each of these a little bit one at a time. So obviously a great big one for our industry that I've obviously seen a big impact of already is the flexibility in cancellation terms. Let's talk about that a little bit, Taylor. Yeah, I
1: think I've noticed the the cancellation flexibility
0: a lot more in in
1: flights, particularly. I mean, hotels have definitely added some changes to their terms and conditions, but flights you used to not be able to cancel after, what was it, 24 hours? And then Mm -hmm. you were kind of locked in unless you bought their insurance. But I travel Southwest as I believe you do too, Jamie. And (laughs) they've been very flexible with, you know, you can cancel up to this term and They've been giving out vouchers if they have to cancel or they'll reschedule for you, which has really been great that they're really encouraging people to cancel their own risks and, and feel comfortable with, with the state of everything changing. I, I really like to, cause, cause I like to say at Airbnbs. I really like to that Airbnbs are kind of changing their cancellation terms, which has restored some faith in me that, you know, it's, it's okay for me to book a trip. X amount out and then feel okay with having to change plans pretty quickly.
0: I I do think though that house rentals like that, especially a lot of the ones that I tend to work with, they're not as flexible as the hotels have been. So we're still seeing like the major brand name hotels, things like Marriott, Hilton, those sorts of things are easier to cancel at the last minute if you're sick, if there's an issue, those sorts of things. Houses still have Condos, those sorts of things, do still have other things in place. So usually, it's not quite as. I mean, sometimes there's seven, to s- six or seven days, and s- but some of the hotels right now are 24 hours, which makes a big difference when it comes to a positive COVID test or that sort of situation. So that is something to keep in mind as you're thinking about future travel. Is what are you comfortable with? How much money can you lose? And what kind of insurance do you have? I think. The insurance is a big piece that I think gets overlooked sometimes that, you know, insurance can cover you if in certain situations, but it's not going to cover everything. So you need to really think through those sorts of things. Let's also talk a little bit about contactless check-in. What has been your experience with this since the pandemic?
1: The hotels that I've stayed at, I've been me or some of them traveling with has been a rewards member of. So, so we have the app downloaded, but. A lot of the hotels now, especially those, those top brand ones, Marriott, Hilton, Hampton, they're allowing you to check in on their mobile app. And I was seeing that a lot of Hilton's, I, I haven't stayed at one yet, but they, they were in the position of transitioning when I stayed there. They are changing their door handles to actually be a, a scanner for your, your phone. So you can actually enter your room, your phone using your mobile app once you've checked in. I personally think this is going to be great for people that are checking in late, you know, when when they have a check-in cutoff time. But also for safety reasons, I mean, it's super easy if if you accidentally misplace your card or you know a, a duplicate key is accidentally made. It's super easy for someone to get into your room right now. And I think this will just add a heightened security along with. Just ease of people checking in at various times, checking out. So,
0: I think too, I mean, obviously, we all have our phones with us all the time. We're a very connected society. And so, previously, I was always the one who was like, oh gosh, I left my key in my room. Now I have to go back down and get another one because that's just who I am. But having my phone with me all the time, it's going to make it so much easier to not have to have that contact with the check in desk, not to have to bother them when I accidentally lock my key in my room, that sort of thing. And I think Walt Disney World has done a great job of this for years with their Magic Band program and also on the My Disney Experience app, you can open your room doors with the app now as well. So Disney does a great job with contactless check-in if that is an option that you are looking for. There are some things changing with Magic Bands. We'll talk about that in a different episode though. But I think all of the hotels are definitely moving forward with this contactless check-in and just making it easier overall for you to not have to have those contact points if you are visiting a hotel, which is always nice cut down on people you don't need to see, which is perfect for me as a extroverted introvert. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about working from home and how this is changing. So obviously, I've worked from home for, I don't know, how old's my son? <laughs> um, 12 and a half years now. So I started out in education. I taught online for, I don't know, 10 years, 11 years. And then while I was doing that, I started in the travel industry and now I'm working in the travel industry and doing some higher education content specialism stuff. But whenever my kids were out of school, I thought, well, why couldn't we go to Florida for a month and stay? They can do online school. I can work. We'd be fine. Like, and I think that a lot of people who have been kicked out of their traditional office settings are finding this to be a great option. What are your thoughts?
1: I think that the working from home and the the working from home vacations is is really really going to pick up. I mean, a, a lot of hotels I was reading an article, they are actually modifying a lot of their rooms to include a designated work from home workspace that allows you know, quick connectivity. They're they're upping their their Wi-Fi speeds just to allow for and encourage. I think more families to travel at the slower season, so that you know every season now has we're, we're getting more more heightened travel at all times throughout the year. So I think it'll open up a lot more opportunities for maybe more budget friendly families to to still be able to go on that really great vacation just at a not as busy vacation time.
0: Right. And and to be able to balance work with travel. Mm -hmm. And that's that's something that I mean, it does take a balance because obviously you're in this amazing place, but you still have to work. So it's figuring out how to balance that correctly. But one of the programs that I was reading about was actually in Hawaii and they were kind of supplementing for people who wanted to come to Hawaii for a specific number of months. And live and work there and they had to give back some there were some like volunteer requirements and some different things like that. Then like, I could totally do that. (laughs) Like, I would be all in for something like that. So I I think there's definitely going to be some neat options for those that have now kind of been, quote unquote, released from the traditional work day and the traditional work schedules of having to go to an office building every day. So I think those changes are definitely going to be interesting moving forward with how that impacts travel and different types of travel. So the last thing I really want to talk about with all of this is the increase in outdoor dining. So Taylor, what has been your experience in Colorado and on your travels with outdoor dining options? So
1: out here, we kind of were changing with the various phases that were put into place. So at first, they they shut down all indoor dining, as as I believe they did nationwide, and then we opened to 25%, very much encouraging. This was over the summer. So beautiful Colorado weather. We're not humid out here. They were very much encouraging outdoor dining. I actually had the pleasure of, of working at a, at a restaurant very briefly over the summer, just kind of in between jobs. And all of the tables were distanced six feet. We had the QR scannable stickers on all the tables. And then we moved into October and November. And they re-shut down all the dining to just take out or outdoor seating and it got really cold. So a lot of the restaurants out here either rented out tent space and put heaters in their covered tents, or this, this was very particular in, in one county in, in the Lone Tree City area, which is right near all of our entertainment, dining, shopping. They actually gave all of the restaurants complimentary igloos, those, cool bubbles to to encourage people to still support dining and to, to still go out and eat to help restaurants during the winter time. And the igloos are really cool. They're, they're a lot larger than you would think they are and they can fit the entire table. Plus some of them have a, I don't think you're just supposed to put the heaters in the igloos, but some of them, they self heat, especially like during the day when the sun is out. So it was pretty comfy still eating in one. I didn't really feel like I was eating outside because it blocks the wind, it blocks any of the cold. That's awesome.
0: So I'm in Illinois, obviously, and everything happened and everything shut down. So we went several months without eating out at all. I mean, even, I mean, it, when everything first started, like we were afraid to even like really order takeout because we we're like, do we have to wipe it all down? Like, how does this all work? Like we were all so confused about what we were really experiencing. And so our first trip was actually to Florida, which has been more open during all of this. And they were at 50% capacity when we arrived for indoor dining. So our first meal, we only ate Indoors once and the rest of the time we ate outdoors while we were there because we were still like, "Eh, I don't know. But that was, I remember feeling like it was amazing. Like, oh my gosh, we're finally going back out to eat. But then I was actually in Colorado when the outdoor dining and indoor dining all shut down again in November. It was like the week before Thanksgiving. It was like a Tuesday and we were in Estes Park and we got to go out to eat on a Monday. And then by Tuesday, everything had shut down. So there was no more options. We did order carryout once and then we were in a house. So we were able to cook our own meals and cook our own Thanksgiving and those sorts of things. But it, it's interesting how all of that has evolved. And I do think it's neat that there are better carryout options. And I think it's been a good option too for things like Uber Eats and Grubhub in the larger areas. I think they've seen an increase in those sorts of sales. So I think that that's good. And hopefully... Now that we're kind of hopefully on the back end of this and dining has opened up most places again, we'll see some other positives. I also wanted to kind of talk about how it's impacted hotels. So hotels usually have a continental breakfast in the mornings. Did you stay in any hotels over your summer travels that were impacted and how did that impact things? Yeah, so I I stayed
1: in a Marriott and I believe I also stayed in a Hilton. And the Marriott that I stayed at was in California. So I mean, everything was shut down, but they were still very accommodating. I mean, they, they told us when we checked in that every morning we could come down to the dining area and there would be somebody there to give us our breakfast. And so we went down there the next morning, they had these little bags laid out. They asked us, you know, do you prefer toast or a bagel? And we told them and they handed us our, our bag. It came with like all of the, the good stuff. It had, um, it had a microwaveable like burrito. It had a bagel with some cream cheese. Um, it had wrapped up silver or plasticware, some napkins. I think it had a muffin, and then we could choose like a, a beverage. So they had like pre-to-go cupped coffee, juice, and water. And then I stayed at another hotel um, in Florida, and it was pretty similar. This one though, you could actually. This was back in October so things had kind of opened up a little bit more in Florida. This one you could go up to the counter and actually fill out like a little checklist of, of what you wanted and they would fill your bag with that. So, I mean, both were really pr- pretty good options. I mean, they still offered the breakfast. It was just it, it was just a different form and I, I feel like it's easier too, especially if you you have a family and you're on vacation, you have a really busy day ahead of you instead of wasting what an hour hour and a half, trying to get down there, go through the whole line of the breakfast, make sure everybody eats what they have, and then go back upstairs and clean up before you head out for the day. It's nice to just grab a bag. And if you have a busy day planned, you can eat really fast in the car or something and get on with, with the rest of your
0: day's excursions. We experienced the grab and go breakfast several places. And it is really nice and definitely faster and easier and, and less crowded. I've found that a lot of those Early morning breakfast. I mean, you're fighting for tables and that sort of thing. So it's been nice to just kind of grab and go and be on the way. So I, I think that there there's a lot changing with what travel is going to look like in the future and how it's going to be impacted. These are just a few of the things that we thought of that have changed already, and I think we're still seeing things continue to change. I think there are going to be types of travel that a vaccine is going to be required. I think that there's the possibility of a health passport coming our way. I, I think there's going to be Continual changes. And that's really where an agent can really help to make sure that you're aware of those changes and what's coming, especially with things like Disney Universal. We are all traveling frequently, even all inclusives. We are we're going all the time to make sure that we are updated on what's happening and how it's changing so that our clients are aware as well. So I think that that's a big perk of having an agent right now is we're ready to help with all of those things. So let's move into our crushed it segment this week. So Taylor recommends these cow pack travel packing cubes. So Taylor, tell us a little bit about your packing cubes and why you love them. And they're really pretty. They're really cute.
1: Yeah. The the one that I have, it's, it's called sorbet, but they're they're very beach themed. I love them. Um, I didn't get into packing cubes. I, I thought they were silly for the longest time. And then I was gifted some, which were which were these CalPAC ones. And now I never travel without them. Mine Mine come in a group of three and there's individual sizes from large, medium, and small. And they have a mesh front so you can still see what's in them. They also have like a label, a label area. So you can like label them with like toiletries, you know, undergarments and socks and all that. But I love it. I'll I can roll my my clothes in there, neatly put them in because I I always struggle. I I like to check my bag. I always struggle with TSA. Always you know checking, pre-checking it. And <laughs> <laughs> I'll open it up. Everything's kind of misplaced, and, and the packing keeps make it nice because they can still see everything that's in there. But my clothes aren't getting misplaced, and it actually makes for more room in my luggage too. So if I end up buying a bunch of souvenirs, I have extra cushioning room. (laughs) But I've seen other packing cubes too. I just, I really like the color of the cow pack.
0: Yeah, they're super cute. So I I have some just basic Amazon ones uh, and we'll put a link to Taylor's really cute ones and to my really generic and cheap ones, both in the show notes so that you can see both of them. But I love the ones that you have. They're super cute. So how many pineapple rings would you give your packing cubes, Taylor? Oh, for sure. I'd give these
1: five. It's a travel must have, especially with large families. You, you're going to want to yes. set for every person.
0: <laughs> I I agree. So in my family, the kids and I all pack in packing cubes, but my husband is still thinks they're silly and won't even think about it. So the kids and I all have different colors so we can, you know, separate out our stuff, but Mike still won't get on board. So maybe one of these days, maybe if I buy him some really cute ones, he'll get on board, <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> So anyway, guys, thanks and welcome to Taylor. Welcome her to Pineapple Escapes and thanks for joining us today. We had fun chatting about the future of travel. You can find all of our Pineapple Escapes agents on the web at www.pineapplescapes.com and our site includes links to all of our travel tidbits episodes plus information about all of our agents and links for our social media. We'd love to have you join our community. Thanks, Taylor, again for joining us and bye guys. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Travel Tidbits podcast hosted by Pineapple Escapes. Travel makes life sweeter. Let the experts help you plan a vacation with lasting memories. We'd love to help you plan your next vacation and have you join our community. You can find us on the web at www.pineappleescapes.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Pineapple Escapes.